Okay, thanks for joining us. This is a, uh, a, a special um, subset of the 10 Questions podcast. And thanks to my co-host, we are calling it Across the Pond. Hey, it's a great name, right? Because yeah. I am from Across the Pond, I guess. So, yeah. Hey. I've got Stu on the other end with me, uh, otherwise known as Cybersex Stu, for those of you that uh, wouldn't put that. Uh, I know some of us wouldn't put that together immediately if we didn't know who you were. Um, so I'll go ahead and for everybody listening, just lay out, lay out how we're going to do this show and we're going to do this once a month and it's going to drop on the last day of the month. And what we're going to do is we've got one topic that is inherently United Kingdom, one topic that is inherently United States, and then one topic that is inherently InfoSec. And I've got a timer and we're stopping at seven minutes, no matter where the discussion is. And if for some odd reason we have a, we have a weird cliffhanger stop on these, please, by all means, whenever you listen to this, keep the discussion going. All right. With that being said, let's kick into it. All right. You ready Excellent. for this? Uh, we're we're going to do this. Yeah. It's going to be a challenge. Okay. So topic number one from the United Kingdom. Now, I, I, I'll preface this all. Yes, the overarching theme is COVID-19. That's just what's going on in the world today. But these are individual topics here that are related to it. And the United Kingdom topic especially lays on Prince Charles because a day prior to this recording, it was announced that Prince Charles tested positive for COVID-19. And the reason I bring this up is because there is... There, there is um, fairly polarized sentiment from what I can see about Charles, um, even even as far as you know, some people in Australia in the last couple of years have said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna ditch the monarchy and be a republic whenever Queen Elizabeth dies." So, with that being said, I'm gonna hit start, and I would love to hear the take from somebody who actually has to worry about Prince Charles more than I do. Uh, okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. So the, the thing about this, um, so you've got lots of initially, I, when I, I first heard about this, I thought it was fake news because um, uh, I was actually told through a third party, oh, Prince Charles has got COVID-19. I said, like, oh, it's, it's probably a, a fake news story. And then it's been confirmed by the, uh, by the palace. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and, and and that that to me was like, well, is the queen going to get it? And uh, is this going to have a knock-on effect to the monarchy? Is this going to is this going to be, you know, the end end of the, the the top layer of the monarchy? And and um, it's it's quite interesting for me because this has a this has a social connotation, right? Where people who are pro royals are going to be worried about um, Charles, and of course people that are obviously more worried about. Uh, the, the Republicans and people like that who are like, we don't need the royals and all this kind of stuff are going to be um, very much more worried about, well, hang on a second. If there's no one else uh, who can't get like a ventilator, but Charles certainly will guarantee the ventilator, right? And all this kind of so that poor rich divide type scenario. And um, it's kind of, for me, it hasn't been as a bigger issue as I thought it would be over here. Yes, it was to be in the news and, and yes, it's been a, the overarching sort of story for, for a day or so. Um, but, but, but for, for, for me, um, I think it's going to be interesting how it plays out because, of course, um, there was talk of him abdicating the throne at some point anyway. Um, so it will be interesting to see um, 
hopefully, touch wood, and I, and I wouldn't wish to anyone, but hopefully he doesn't die from this because that would be bad, and it's bad if anyone dies of this, but um, it's a real tough subject, right? But uh, personally, I think it's, it's, it's a tough one. It's, it's dividing the country a little bit in some respects. Well, I, you, you could even dig into that further in the fact that it looks like uh, it looks like Charles is almost acting as Prince Regent uh, in in all aspects except for an official decree at, at this point. You know, he, he seems to he seems to be controlling a lot more of the things behind the scenes. You know, obviously it's because of the Queen's age is part of that, but. You know, but 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 we're we're already rolling into the age of Charles, just at a slower pace. Yeah, yeah. Well, no one expected the Queen to be uh, the Queen this long, right? No. Um, so you know, she's had a really really good tenure, and you know, and long may it remain. She's brilliant, love the Queen. Um, but but like, it's also you know, if you think about um, like succession planning, so they're already thinking about succession planning. They're already kind of you know really building that kind of you know that, that kind of process for for William so yeah it's it's a real an additional complication for, for the royal family but they're tough and they'll get through it and I think uh, personally I think it's more about the health of the country rather than the health of an individual no matter how important they are so there you go <coughs> excuse me now says, he says he says coughing <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's it's not COVID-19 I have that confirmed um no, speaking of the fact that, you know, we still are, you know, about three and a half minutes left on this topic. Well, I'll, I'll even bring up something that I thought was entirely hilariously funny in, in regards to Charles. Um, it was a year or two ago, and I read an article talking about the fact that he went and showed up. Uh, I don't remember if it was a party or a benefit or something like that. But basically, all of the European... Uh, European uh, uh, royal, uh, you know, first in line successors were there, and he was easily by far the age to be everybody's grandfather at minimum. You know, and, and it's yeah. it, it, it's just like uh, you know, uh, he, Charles is the is the consummate, uh, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I have to, I do always feel quite I personally feel quite. Sorry for Charles in terms of the fact that he, he really hasn't had the opportunity to to, to be king and, and finally when if he does decide to take the throne, um, you know he's he's not going to have a particularly long reign I don't think. Oh, um, definitely not. So so, uh, so is it better that he stands aside? He does abdicate his his responsibility to the throne and and let William and, and Kate do their thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's a tough call, isn't it? Do you do you do that for your for your child, and or do you take the, the few years and in, enjoy that? That's something you've been working your working, uh, living your whole life for, I guess. So. Well, and, and uh, you know, one might even dare say that uh, you know, is is it more up to Charles or is it more up to the Queen right now? Because. Whenever you look at uh, at uh, the history with the queen and whenever she first uh, first uh, took the throne, um, I mean, heck, you know, she was she was of the age where she had just not not been married for very long. She was in Africa at the point that her father died. Um, you know, her her father, you know, without his sickness, would have been expected probably to be uh, to be in power at least another. 
10, maybe 15 years past when he did. And it, you know, it's been well documented that, uh, that, that the uh, queen had to learn on the job. And yep. you know, in, in some respects, she may not have felt uh, ready for it. And, and I almost wonder if the queen's actually gonna control the decision in regards to William for the sheer fact of she's, she's been there. She knows what it means to be dumped into that and not quite be ready for it. Um, and, you know, would she even want that for William or would she want William to have as many years as he can to be ready? Or, or many years to just enjoy his young family before the stress and the pressures that come with being at, uh, that, in that kind of position, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, at, at least uh, at least neither William or Kate um, are um, eccentric personalities uh, much in the way that... Uh, much in the way that uh, the Prince Regent is. Um, yeah. yeah I, I don't think anybody but the Queen is, and the Prince Regent truly knows 100% about what stories went on, but there's plenty floating around that, you know, he was not necessarily the easiest person to deal with. No, exactly. Uh, and, and I guess, again, it's all down to that, the, the, the press and their love of the royals and their love to... Uh, and also the love to to um, get really into the story. Um, and there you go. Look at that. That's that's the that's the alarm, right? There, there it is. Yes. Okay. So I reset here, and we'll move on. Topic U.S. has to deal with. Uh, I, I said this specifically before we started. The lunacy of our leader. So everybody is quite aware of all of the lockdown measures, the isolation measures, the the shelter in place measures going on it to pre prevent the spread of COVID-19. And just this week, Donald Trump, who has been on TV doing pressers more in the last month than he has in the last three years, he said, we're going to get the U.S. economy started back up by Easter, and we're going to start Easter with churches packed full. That's, I, I guarantee you, more people in this country than not think that he is absolutely crazy for even bringing that up. But what's, what's the perception? C crazy is, is a word that I would probably use. Um, so, so I had this conversation last night, and this is something. I, in fact, I had this conversation just like a couple of hours before this phone call with someone else who, in my community that that's from the US, and we were just talking about it. So, like your cases at the moment are pretty significant, right? They're, they're pretty high. Officially, but, today they have they have skyrocketed past any other country. Yeah, yeah, they're huge, right? Um, mm -hmm. Is it ten thousand? cases is right more than that just more? just in the last day we we yeah. are over 82,000 in total yeah. and we're we're rising by multiples every day yeah it's 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 significant rising right but then your population is like 300 odd million so of course it's going to be and it's in every state and all that kind of stuff so you're going to see those multiples uh, so so for me if you're seeing a uh, multiplication of like tens of thousands of thousands each each day 
at which point do you think it's a good idea to just let people socialize right or what where, where's the where's the data coming from here where where am i going yeah it's getting really bad but you know what we're gonna do we'll get people back into churches and we're gonna kick start the economy yeah it's great this is obviously having a massive impact on the economy right and, and of course it will do but it's having a massive impact on the global economy so by getting people back into shops and and or, or the thing i was talking about earlier is that you could you could isolate people and just ride it out for a little bit and you'll have a dent in the economy and all this kind of stuff and yes and and everyone else no one would blame um donald trump for that because this is symptomatic of something that's outside of anyone's control and it's a global pandemic it's not a u.s pandemic right or it's not a china virus as he's called it many times and i think he stopped calling it now um right uh if he brings everyone back um there won't be economy to come back to because there'll be no one in the economy because everyone will be out of the economy uh, uh, and ill and in hospitals will be overrun and there'll probably be no society and probably mass rioting. And so it is a terrible idea. Um, and uh, anyone who's listening to this, I'm sure um, will understand the importance of self, you know, self-isolation or isolation or just staying at home. And we have the, the same problem over here as well with people not listening to Boris. So it's not like, um, uh, people are just not listening to Boris and going out and doing stuff. But Boris is very clear about the whole stay at home, just stay at home, just please stay at home. Whereas, but uh, I don't know why Trump's not even listening to any advice from any of his advisors to say, why would you say that? Because even if he turns around and say, oh, sorry, no, I meant like we'll get like remote economy back up or something. That's just getting people to go, oh, I'm open for business. I'm great. So I don't have to worry about like staying at home because Donald Trump says it's okay. And it's, it's ludicrous. What, why, why would, why would anyone think that is, I, I just, I, I wish as a standard when I heard it, to be honest. And I'm sure most people going, it's just Donald Trump being Donald Trump, just being a little bit controversial, or just not really thinking, or maybe the stress of coronavirus is getting to him because let's be honest, it would get to anyone. Right. Um, it's, this is not a, this is not a normal situation for any, any of us. Right. You haven't seen, and, and most countries haven't seen a thing this like, since the uh, Spanish flu. Right. So mm-hmm. in our lifetime, uh, none of us have seen anything like this on this scale. Um, and we have to kind of learn from those histories and lessons, uh, those lessons from history. And I, I feel in some countries we're just kind of repeating those old lessons. Uh, we're repeating those old mistakes. Sorry. Um, and and I, I think there's a load of data here to suggest like is it St. Louis and Philadelphia. There are two states that um, uh, one actually adopted uh, immediate closing of schools and isolation. I think it was Philadelphia and they had like an immediate like drop in their peak. Their peak was like their curve was like massively reduced and fatalities were very, very low because uh, services could deal with it. And St. Louis just didn't do it, left it too late at the peak. And then they had a massive spike of deaths and overwhelmed and stuff like this. So there was evidence to suggest that if this does work, if you catch it at the right time, um, doing this is is um it's playing with people's lives really yeah well it, it's it to, to to quickly address one comment that you made sorry yeah it, no. It's, no it's okay as as much as uh, as as much as uh, a majority of the country voted for the tories in the last in the last election i don't think any of them were have ever listened to boris anyway i i think they realize boris is ludicrous uh, it, it was. It, it may have been a, a lesser of two evils uh, decision. That 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 being what what it is. I was going to share with you a couple of a couple of extra details to um, to uh, um, further flesh out the craziness of 
the cult that we used to call the Republican Party over here. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm in Texas, and there is a, a uh, county um, in Texas, I believe uh, they're actually um, north of uh, north of Dallas, that the county judge issued some shelter in place orders. Um, and uh, you know, normally, whenever these have been issued so far in the country, it's come along with obviously, you know, there's activity, uh, you know, such as essential businesses, uh, you know, people that work at those businesses, things like that. Well, in this particular county, the county judge, whenever he issued this order, he said, social isolation, uh, you know, uh, you know, isolate yourself at home, uh, you know, shelter in place, but every single business is essential. Oh, great. So everything stays open. Exactly. Exactly. Or, um, you know, some of the, uh, some of the guidance from the, the, uh, I don't, oh shoot. I don't remember if it was the CDC or if it was one of the executive departments. I don't, I don't want to throw the guys under the CDC under the bus if it wasn't them. Um, but whoever it came from, it, uh, you know, started listing types of essential businesses. And it actually said churches were essential businesses as long as you, uh, as long as you, uh, um, you know, kept to the social distancing with the, the, the 1.2 meters, however, six feet works out of space. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's, there, there's been some, there's been some really, weird decisions happening over here and the decisions that seem to make more sense right now happen to be in the states that uh, that have uh you know political control uh being held by the democrat party at this point and with that nailed it that was his right yeah okay so final topic infosec topic um Obviously, probably the biggest thing with uh, with the pandemic has been that um, that uh, everybody that can transition to work from home has transitioned to work from home, and um, you know for for, for as much uh, for, for as much uh, cloud infrastructure there is, um, there is still plenty of networks out there that people have to be able to get into their specific corporate network what what, what do you what do you see as the headaches uh, over the past couple of weeks uh going uh, going into the next couple of months yeah it's, it's just really topical um and so i've been talking to quite a few people about uh, <clears throat> uh what one thing that that for me is 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 being quite um apparent is uh, a lot of people who have been planning for this have actually done quite well so they have a pretty robust business continuity plan and they've had all these these scenarios they haven't had a pandemic scenario planned out um so actually one company actually did um which i was quite impressed with um yeah we're just gonna execute our pandemic scenario oh okay great uh brilliant and we've executed it and it's all working uh so it's brilliant and we're in stage two of our pandemic planning you know where people are you know isolating and told to work from home and not come to the office and clearly they'd obviously done this when SARS was a thing so um but but primarily it's it's the um it, it, the, the risks around people you know just just remote working and the attitudes and the risks of okay are you using a corporate machine great you've got controls 
if you get hit by a cyber attack. Uh, and so, and do you, does your work have the ability to remote in to isolate that? Do you know how to isolate your machine? Do you know how to you know, report? Who do you report it to? Most cases, I, I can't, I need to take my machine off the network. Okay, well, I'm not on the network. So do I just like switch it off or do I just like leave it in a drawer? How do I get a new machine? Because no one can get a machine to me because no one's delivering. Uh, and, and all those kind of like challenges that no one really thought about. And I think they're some of the tactical kind of things which are an issue, but but um, just like VPNs, right? So if I comp if your machine gets compromised or the VPN gets compromised, so there's a vulnerability in a VPN that allows an attacker to bypass you know, 2FA and things like this, or any, or, or you don't have 2FA huh, uh, on your VPN clients and things like this. This gets an attacker to get into the network. And when the network, what can they do? And generally speaking, um, it's the same as the, the test that, that, that we do on a regular basis on the network is, okay, do we have a domain account? No, we don't have a domain account, but we have an IP address allocation. Can we get an account on the network? Yes, we can. Can we have privileges? Yes, we can. Can we get a domain app in? Oh yeah, 20 minutes later, 30 minutes, an hour later, We've got domain admin. In fact, uh, one of my colleagues released a white paper this week on basically attack his names delegate to thyself, which basically allows to self-delegate yourself domain admin if you have the right uh, uh, situation in place with a, a base level domain on the account. Um, so you can just self-delegate yourself domain admin. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's with an account with just an IP address uh, or, or very basic account, even just a basic account on the domain uh, with like no privileges at all. Um, so again, these are kind of things that attackers would be doing. Um, and, and of course this takes into account that if you have a ransomware attack or something like that, um, and it takes out, you know, first thing you do is you take out all your services. You've just basically lost access to all that data anyway. So you can't access it. It might take out your VPN services. The attacker may just trash your VPN services anyway. So you can't actually get to the data because they don't really care because it's offline encryption these days. They don't need a command and control server. They just want to get paid. Right? So uh, it, it, it puts a lot of stress and pressure on things. Um, and I think they're the kind of worst case type scenarios. The reality is I think people are just getting used to sitting on conference calls and what do they do? Uh, I mean, my, my company, I've been using Teams for a while at work and then suddenly all my colleagues are starting using Teams and I'm just, I've had quite a nice experience with Teams and then all of a sudden I'm getting like hundreds of messages on Teams going, hey, I'm on Teams, look at me, yay, let me go send you like loads of work. I'm like, no, please don't. Uh, <laughs> people that never speak to me apart from email, which I can do something about now I'm being spammed. So I can imagine it's like that, but times a thousand, uh, imagine. So yeah, that's my two pennies. I know you want to talk as well, so. Oh, it's it's been interesting just for the sheer fact of, uh, you know, I, I've uh, I've mentioned before that the company I've been working for was acquired uh, a little while back, and uh, the acquiring company already had in place to have some remote workers, uh, and uh, you know, so it 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 really it really wasn't necessarily a big deal to make sure that the infrastructure was in place um it was more of a big deal of my section of the company that had not done any remote before um man that's that's been interesting so far um you know but it's between the fact that uh you know some people that come to work those uh, you know base level jobs don't even have a computer at home which yeah. is is one of those things you know we're living in that age anyway you know it it used to be to do anything internet wise you had to have a computer 
and, and so everybody had a computer but now with these nice little smartphones in our hand all you got to do is have yeah. somebody call come and install a line in your house put, pop in a wi-fi router so that way you don't uh, overextend yourself on your mobile bill and and you're good so we've actually had to uh we've actually had to uh, issue out company loaned uh, equipment um which uh, you know necessitated i i had to uh uh, dig dig back into uh, compliance regs because uh, because I had to make sure of okay what what can I do what can I not do or if the overlords are forcing my hand to do this what processes do I have to do before I can do it um, so it's you know it, it hasn't been as painful as it could have been but it still hasn't it, it still hasn't been easy but the the big the biggest thing the biggest help is the fact that the the parent company was already had remote going on they just had to put a little bit of expansion work into it and we're in good shape um but uh but even on top of that though you know it's it's a network that um is that uh you know i'm, I'm having to go through you could go through uh uh, you know, uh, scanning, pen testing, you know, just all those nice little checks. Um, yeah. Because they've, you know, they've done things pretty solidly, but, you know, there's just those nice, neat little holes that need to be shored up. And so I'm having to do this on the fly already. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm just hoping that it's not going to be too rough. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's it's a tough one, right? And, and and one thing I had a funny story actually. So I can't tell you who who told me the story, um, because it's, and by the uh, way, go ahead go ahead and tell oh, yeah. the story. Yeah, go yeah ahead it's and tell funny. The story. It's just a two second story. So so basically, a council in the country, um, in my in my country, uh, so local government, um, they had loads of people that now they're saying we need to send people home and start getting people to work from home, and they were like picking up desktops. Uh, and walking off and asking for to have a VPN put on a desktop, and, and like you you can't take that home work off a desktop. <laughs> it doesn't really work that way. Uh, we'll get you a laptop. And loads of people just walking off the desktops out of the building, like a company, and just thinking, okay, this they really haven't got. They're not really set up. Local government wasn't really set up for remote working because everyone's at their desk, right? Everyone's here, and that's a great example of like that's not remote working, right? That, that's, that's not how it works, uh, you know? And so um, I think there are some sort of the older style companies have struggled. Um, and I think IT have really picked up and there have been other examples with people I've worked with um, who have just got it. You know, they've gone, they've migrated a lot of stuff to Azure anyway, and they literally migrate actually all their on-prem stuff that they, they're critical on-prem stuff into Azure. They were doing that anyway. And then just happened to be this came along that accelerated some of that. And, and that everything's just working. They do everything on Teams. They've got everything in, in Azure that's critical. They can VPN into stuff that isn't. Kind of works, right? Um, and other companies have really struggled. So, yeah, I don't want to go into more because I, I, I beat the buzzer and I don't want to be the person at every time. <laughs> it's the buzzer. I get punished for it, right? So, yeah, no, that was that's good. Yeah, thank you. All right, all right. Hey, uh, hey, Stu, this is this is great. I'm going to look forward to doing this every single month now. The, the, this yeah. is as fun as I thought it would be. Um, those of you listening, you have anything to add to the conversation? Uh, the the uh, podcast, uh, the Twitter handle is at 10Q underscore podcast. 
uh, it, Stu's handle is at cybersex Stu. Mine is at at underscore thinker with a couple of uh, character changes right there. But you can find me, um, Stu. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And uh, yeah, see you in about a month. Yeah, I'm looking forward to some uh, equally engaging and time pressured conversations. <laughs> <laughs>